Welcome to Wild and Free, a Battleborn podcast. My name is Allison Yanez, and today I'm joined, as always, by my co-wrangler, Jacob Murdoch. Hi, Jacob. Hey, Allison. How's it going? Good, 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 good. Today we are joined in the studio by Sara Ortiz, the program manager for the Beverly Rogers, Sarah Carol C. Harder, Black Fountain Institute, and the Believer Literary Magazine. Welcome, Sara. That's that's a mouthful. Isn't it is. It? Yeah. I had to write it down. Yeah, that's a mouthful. <laughs> we we have to practice that often. Um, or we have to say it at all of our events. We don't have to, but we like to. And it's yeah, it can be quite the mouthful. <laughs> Hi, it's good to be here. <laughs> Thank you. We're happy to have you. Yeah. Yes. So um, we uh, invited you to come on today um, because we wanted to talk about the Believer Festival that is coming up in April. Um, but before we jumped into that, um, could we get a little bit about your background, how you arrived in Las Vegas? You're not originally from here, are you? No, no. Um, <laughs> no, I was born and raised in Austin. Uh, my family was quite nomadic even in Austin, and I somehow took that with me. I was in Egypt for a little bit, for a couple of months, and then I ended up making my way to Houston, not in that order. Um, and then I ended up in, in New York for about five to six years. And then I moved back home to Austin, um, where I was pretty certain I was going to stay. And then I heard about this job uh, of curating the Believer Festival and running programs year-round here in I decided to move here for this job, which is kind of crazy, but <laughs> exciting. Well, Las Vegas is happy to have you. Yes, welcome. Oh, thanks. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit about what the Black Mountain Institute and the Believer Magazine are? Yeah, so the Believer Magazine, so what's interesting was when I took this job, I very much knew about the Believer Magazine because that's had a cult following it um, for over a decade, maybe closer to 15 to 18 years. So studying writing and creative writing, you know Dave Eggers likely, you know Mm -hmm. The Believer, along with other literary magazines. Um, I call it a literary magazine, but it's also a nonfiction magazine. It also has graphic Mm -hmm. novels or graphic comics in there, I should say. And But it's also known as an arts and culture magazine, in many ways. Um, so I didn't know what BMI was. I didn't know who Beverly Rogers was. Uh, <laughs> I know it's that's a weird thing to admit to, but it, when you're not from Vegas, you're, you, that's not that uncommon. So right. what certainly had the cultural capital for me was the Believer and the Believer Festival. Um, so that was really what drew me here um, because of McSweeney's, which is this independent publisher that's run out of the Bay Area. They basically stopped publishing the the magazine they couldn't afford to publish it anymore and around the same time josh joshua shank our executive director um had the idea to acquire it which basically made las vegas its new headquarter and slowly and surely he started recruiting a team that kind of came from all over um as far as bmi goes if if 
you don't know what BMI does, um, our, we're, our mission is pretty simple. It's, it's, we, we strive to bring the literary imagination and writers to the heart of public life here in Las Vegas. Um, and we do this through a few ways, um, our events, which are year round. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of them is the Believer Festival. It's like it culminates into the Believer Festival at the end of April. Um, we also do this through our publications like Witness Magazine mm-hmm. and The Believer. Um, we also do this with student enrichment opportunities. We bring them into the offices. They often help out with the publications and or our events. And just as importantly, we also do this through our fellowship program. So we invite writers from all over the country to come here to write. Um, they go through a formal application process. We read, this year we read about 120-something applications. And wow. we're narrowing that down to four um, fellows. Two will be here with us in the, sp- in the fall of 2019, and two will be with us in the spring of 2020. Mm-hmm. So, That's awesome. yeah, we're going through that process now. We're extending those invitations, and we'll be able to share that announcement probably in April. That's awesome. And so for pe- people that don't know, Black Mountain Institute is on the UNLV campus, right? Yes. It's a part of UNLV. Oh, very much so. Yeah. We are a department out of UNLV. Um, we are in the Rogers building, the Honors College building on campus, a few feet away from the Barrick Museum and the Lead Library. We are in the heart of campus. They, I mean, we could not run without the College of Liberal Arts. It's, it's the backbone to what we do, for sure. And what is the expectation when these uh, fellows and these writers and artists, uh, 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 writers and residents participate in your program? What's expected of them? So we call this fellowship, um, so it's named after Judge Miriam Shearing. Um, so it's a Shearing Fellowship. We, um, we call this a working fellowship. So they're not teaching, they're not... Um, in classes Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, or Tuesday, Thursdays, um, they are, they're very much working. And what that means is they have uh, an obligation to be on campus regularly um, in the BMI offices so they can engage with students or faculty in the BMI Believer community. But the a crucial component to their working fellowship, um, you can't see me, but I'm using quotes under working, <laughs> um, is that they need to have some kind of community engagement. And this can be done by way of several things. Sure, your community public readings, which are naturally expected, mm-hmm. but it can that can really morph into different things. I've had, um, I've had fellows come through that went to CSN and spoke to Erica Vitalizar's uh, classes up there. We have them also speak to different departments on on the university campus. So um, one of our fellows that's coming out in April, he'll be um, speaking to a media class uh, at the Interdisciplinary Gender and Eth- Ethics Studies, mm-hmm. IGES. Okay. I, always, I always get that wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had fellows come talk to journalism classes. Of course, the creative writing classes are given. Um, we've also had uh, Adrienne Nicola Blanc was here earlier in the in the spring, and she spoke to Renita Ray's sociology graduate seminar. You know, so it, they kind of take um, their expertise and apply it to many di- different disciplines, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Uh, can we learn a little bit more about your City of Asylum program? Sure, yeah. Um, and I'm really excited to talk about that because uh, we have officially offered it to um, Egyptian writer Ahmed Naji. It's, um, by the time this airs, it will be public information. Okay. <laughs> uh, you don't want to be like me, uh, posting right. things on Twitter when it's not uh, readily available yeah. to the public. Way to go, Alice. <laughs> yeah. But the community will get to meet him here in Vegas. He and his family are moving here in early April, and he will be a part of our festival as well. He will be reading, I believe, I don't have the schedule in front of me, so I don't know it right off the bat, but he will be reading at the Believer Festival. Um, We're really excited to have him with us. He um, was incarcerated in Egypt for for his writing, which is a little surprising because he he was an activist when he was out in um, out in Egypt and he was and you know just a very community minded person and surely he he was convinced if he was going to go to jail it was not going to go be for his writing it was going to be for his activist hmm. work and um, there was a passage in one of his books that had some slight maybe like sexual implications and it gave a gentleman heart palpitations and that basically oh. got him thrown into jail. Oh my gosh. Um, Pen America, which is its own activist, they, they promote the freedom of speech throughout uh-huh. the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They had a large campaign for him a few years back to try to get him out of prison and they, and they were able to help in that effort. Um, and since then, Ahmed's been in the U.S. kind of um, a different programs that give asylum to writers Mm -hmm. and so when we saw his application and the letters of recommendation that came our way one of them was from author Zadie Smith who just sang his praises um we were we I mean I mean there was some it was we really wish we could have given everyone (laughs) asylum because they all need it Mm -hmm. um but he he certainly won our hearts and we're excited to welcome him and his family to Las Vegas he'll be with us for a minimum of two years Wow. wow Mm-hmm. So when they enter your program, so the City of Asylum program um, offers this opportunity to writers and journalists that are fleeing their home countries because of their writings, or is it? Does it just serve as like a platform for these writers to come and um, mm, continue their okay, writing gotcha. career? Or yeah, so uh, yeah, the City of Asylum program. The one here is is special for two different reasons. It's the first program like this in the U.S. Um, Mm -hmm. There are other City of Asylum programs that are pretty well recognized and known, but ours ours was the first to offer this. The other thing that makes this program pretty special is it's not a six-month or a year-long program. It's extended. So in in usual cases, like it, it... a writer will go to a place for a year and then they have to find the next place that they're going to, which can put a lot of stress on that writer, especially if um, if they don't have a green card or if, which many of them don't. Or like right. they have to go through certain visa applications, which can make things a bit more complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's all to say that um, we give them a longer time to kind of make a home somewhere. Sure. But we also very much, they have their own office space in the within the BMI um, department offices, and they get to work on their craft. Ahmed is someone who's already working on several projects as we speak. He has um, kind of like an 
advocacy website for imprisoned um, people in in Egypt where oh, he's cool. publishing wow. their work. Wow. Um, this I, I'm not sure that the website is out yet, but I know he's working towards this. Like he's publishing their work, he's giving them resources, um, giving them a voice, giving them a platform, which is special unto its its own. He's had a few books published and translated and we naturally expect him to get more writing done while he's here. Mm-hmm. Right. Cool. Wow. That's awesome. So talk to us a little bit more about the Believer Festival, because there's probably some people that will listen that are familiar with it. Many who probably will have no idea. <laughs> uh, gladly. Uh, the Believer Festival, we call it, um, it's been referred to by many people as a literary Coachella. Okay. Um, in many ways, we bring our publication to life. We, um, if you've read The Believer, you know we'll sometimes publish interviews or essays mm-hmm. or or interviews where someone is just interviewing themselves. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's a very quirky publication, very unorthodox. It's just very Believer-esque in many ways. But we feature conversations or um, or essays with celebrities. And by that, I mean like artists, visual artists. Mm-hmm. We have graphic novelists who publish in there. We have musicians, singers, rappers, lyricists. We have TV and film personalities that take up a presence in our, um, in our magazine, but we also have writers that are a part of it. Of course, we have writers. Writers are still like the heartbeat of what we do. Um, but so the festival really is kind of bringing the publication to life, which I like about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's the way we call it an arts and culture magazine. This is an arts and culture festival, but we still, of course, have our literary luminaries in there as well. Um, what makes this festival, I think, very different from other literary festivals is that it's not static it roves so it's Mm. literally showcasing different parts of las vegas and and that's intentional um so we'll be in the neon museum's ne10 studio which is not a space that's usually open to the public it's Mm. a it's an enclosed warehouse we'll be at um the red rock conservatory's outdoor um, amphitheater mm-hmm. that's another place that i mean you might go on a hike but sometimes you might pass that right. amphitheater and not even see it um we'll be in the courtroom of the mob museum and then um we'll be at the lucy which is the new arts complex on right. 6th and bonneville um and what's special about the lucy is that it that's basically vegas's own version of Shakespeare and Co. Mm -hmm. And if you're familiar with Paris, there's the bookstore and the units and residences where people can literally live atop of this bookstore. And here Vegas has its own artist complex, which Mm -hmm. is really exciting, um, where literally it's the bookstore and the bookstore owners are vivid. And we'll also have fellows who are living there as well. And I believe they might be... um, the Rogers Foundation might be working with other artists, visual artists, to have like residencies um, while they're in town. Um, and then naturally we'll close the entire thing off um, on campus at Ham Hall. Uh, and what's interesting about that is that in the three years now that mm-hmm. we will have been hosting the festival, we've never had a part of the festival 
take place on campus. On campus. Oh, wow. That's right. Yeah. So we're so we're taking it back to basically where the Believer is headquartered out of that's the UNLV cool. campus. So yeah. um, that's that was a very interesting shift on our end. But we're really excited, and the university has been beyond supportive. Um, but yes, the the festival it roves. It's a literary Coachella. There's a little bit of music. There's a little bit of literature. There's a lot of visual art. Um, we're working with Justin Favela, um, who we love dearly here in town, and he'll be creating beautiful work out of his paper medium. And he's going to collaborate with a couple other artists, mm-hmm. which should cool. be really exciting. Yeah, it's just a fun time, a fun three nights, one full day. Yeah. Mm. That's awesome. So I want to hear, as the program manager, you are in charge of curating the events and bringing in the performers that are going to be participating in the festival. How did you go about selecting the the list of artists that were going to participate? Mm, that's definitely a family effort. Mm-hmm. I did not get to, I did not pick all of those people. <laughs> um, some of those people I'd never heard of. Some of those people um, I was introduced to and then I learned about them and then I loved them and thought we absolutely need to have them here. Um, Some of them were, so it was a family effort. And by family effort, I mean, I went out to the editorial team for the magazine and I wanted to hear their thoughts. I went out to the staff and I wanted to hear their thoughts. Um, it, It was really a collaborative thing. Um, And then there were times when I, for instance, maybe had an author in mind, but I wasn't quite sure they were the right fit. And I would maybe approach another author and that author would say, I would like to do a program with so-and-so. And And sometimes that connection, we were thinking about the same person, but I just was keeping that card close to myself. And Mm -hmm. the one example that I have of that is I'm a big, uh, fan girl of Valeria Luiselli. And, um, she's just this brilliant Mexican writer who lives out of New York City and I believe teaches at Columbia, really just wonderfully gifted writer. And um, I want I wanted to invite her and I knew that that was true. I was like, I am going to have her at the festival. And then I was speaking with Natalie Diaz, who's a poet and a MacArthur genius, wonderful human being. And she said Valeria's name. And I'm like, oh, my God, I would love nothing more than to have Valeria at this festival. And so um, we have certainly we so now we've actually commissioned both Natalie and Valeria to create an original piece where they are taking um, we're calling it the courtroom during the festival, but they are um, taking the stories and enactments which are um when when people cross the border Mm -hmm. uh they are often given what is called the credible fear questionnaire and they're just questions Mm -hmm. that they are asked um it doesn't matter your age um but often this is hardest on women because women are often go through horrific experiences mm-hmm. crossing the border. So these questions can become quite invasive and just really hard. They're re-victimized again. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So they are going to create this, we're commissioning them to create this original piece where they're in conversation with each other, where they're enacting examples of this, and it's all going to be in this darkly, um, or just basically this darkened courtroom in the Mob Museum, and it will be just softly lit by a spotlight that's on them. So it's going to be quite dramatic and it Mm -hmm. will intentionally 
be there to to make the audience feel somewhat some kind of discomfort Mm -hmm. so it can be it might be intense for some people in the room but it's it's going to be powerful well and speaking of discomfort so the theme of this year is the border la frontera frontera. can you tell us a little bit about that yeah sure so um kind of in the way that we sought out um the family, the extended believer family, and then the authors um, to get ideas of who our performers would be. We the theme came about quite organically. Um, we were considering having an author come by, uh, come through Vegas for an event, and someone from our community here um, had actually sent an email to us uh, saying, "Hey." If you're considering bringing this author, please be sure you also consider giving a voice to those writers who have experienced fear or um, intimidation tactics. Um, and when he was talking about writers, he was actually speaking about writers who are undocumented. Mm. So, so we were considering that we weren't considering it right away as a theme for the festival, but it was actually again, with the help of Natalie Diaz, we were telling her we were kind of dancing around this. We knew we didn't want the theme to be um, just borders. Mm-hmm. We were playing with borders. And immigration. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and so we, we kind of danced around it a little bit. And through a couple of conversations, Natalie Diaz actually said, what about La Frontera? Because, uh, and you and I have spoken about this a bit, but when you unpack the word frontera, it really can have multiple meanings and meanings that go just beyond borders um and so um so that so we i mean the minute i heard it i knew it was the theme it sounds silly to say but i felt that way it's really that's awesome so when when is believer festival it is thursday april 25th through saturday april 27th I had to close my eyes to do that. <laughs> like I have, that was good. I have so much information right. in I'm my I'm visualizing yeah. your flyer as you <laughs> yeah. say it. Right. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be, it'll kick off Thursday night with The Light, which is taking place at Any 10 Studio. Cool. And then uh, The Canyon, which will be at Red Rock Friday night. Um, and that night we'll have Reggie Watts and Tao from Town to Get Down playing because yeah. that's what happens at the Believer right. Festival. Um, and then Saturday will be a, a full day. We'll start off with the courtroom at the Mob Museum, mm-hmm. and that starts off in the early mor- or mid-morning, I guess, 9, 30, 10-ish. Um, and then we'll have a full day at the Lucy, where not only will we have concurrent back-to-back programming, the author signings will be mm-hmm. taking place there. We'll also have some vendors. We'll have a little Topo Chico lounge. <gasps> Oh, no, yeah. really. Yeah, I love Topo I Chico. I love Topo Chico. <laughs> of course, you're from Texas. Yes, and I'm a Topo oh. Chico proselytizer. Like I push that on to everyone. I do too. Anyone who comes into Please my home. Please give me swag. Allison's oh, been I, tweeting at them. I for have months. been tweeting them. I want months. swag. They have these really cute bags with little containers and cactus coming out of them. They're absolutely lovely. Please, please, please. please I got please. you covered. Okay, thank I'll you. I'll make sure you get it. Awesome. I, I got you covered. Um, uh, and then, of course, we'll end it um, with 
uh, uproar at Ham Hall, which mm-hmm. features Tignataro, Masha Gessen, Jill, and Faith Soloway, and a whole gang of special friends. It will be com- that will be a night of comedy and music. There will be like this Bill Maher like style roundtable that's going oh, cool. on that night. Um, that promises to be a lot of fun as well. Very I'm cool. really, I'm really, I mean, I'm looking forward to everything. I think I have tickets to everything except the courtroom. Um, one which very disappointing. Um, but Jill Soloway, I'm so excited about Jill Soloway, a biggest fan. Well, Jose almost fell out of his chair when the name Reggie Watts was was mentioned. He was Jose. Jose was just like what? Yeah. Just because no one will be able to hear him say that. No, they That's, have. He's silent, but it, it's a great lineup. Yeah. And, um, fantastic. When I like when we had our conversation with you, like we were talking about like how borders, it's open to interpretation. Um, and I like that, for example, you have a travel blogger, um, that's going to be speaking. You have the founder of the Black Lives Matter movement in Canada. Mm -hmm. So, um, I like how it's open to interpretation and it's, you know, it's both physical and, uh, spiritual and mental borders, right? Yeah. The, those borders certainly are transcendent. So they, they can certainly be, um, deciphered anyway. Uh, one of the things that I think you and I talked about last time, which I, think is helpful when people are dissecting the theme of the festival La Frontera is we do not pretend to be the foremost experts on mm-hmm. issues and right. immigration policy and that is not what we are <laughs> claiming. Um, right. We really want people, you know, the four ticketed events, the ones that are all happening in the evening, plus the courtroom, the one that's happening in the morning, those are really meant for people to experience as performances mm-hmm. and to walk away with it feeling however they need to feel right um it's so it's definitely um we're not imposing anything it's that and that should be the case with most in any art like you should walk away feeling a certain way right so so how how does somebody get involved particularly if they're you know they're like this sounds cool but i don't know is it accessible to people that aren't like super hip into literate literary things (laughs) like how do people find out more or, or yeah. you know, register for the events? So definitely to learn more about the festival, thank you, um, <laughs> you're going to visit believerfestival.org. Okay. There are many ways to be involved. You could be a volunteer, Excellent. which you could sign up to do on our website. Can yes. I vouch? I actually volunteered last year. You and did? Yes, yes. So then we've met before. We had, we had. But I mean, you were two weeks on the job, so I won't I fault you for that. No, thank but it was you. really cool. I, get to, I got to uh, volunteer. Joe Russ was volunteering. Volunteering she, last year. I met her there. And I love her. As a volunteer, you get access to um, at least the event that you're volunteering at. So I volunteered at the Aparna uh, Nansherla event. Mm-hmm. Um, it was fantastic. And you were really great leading the, the whole thing. So yeah, shout out. I mean, definitely people should volunteer. That's a great way to get involved for sure. Definitely Thank volunteer. You. There is also, we, you know, I, I still believe in having quality programming accessible to the public. So mm-hmm. we were very intentional about having a day-long um, set of programs. So we'll have about six-ish programs going from 11.30 to 5 p.m. on Saturday. Um, and those are free and open to the public. Awesome. Those are the ones that are going to be nestled in the arts, that Lucy Arts okay. complex. Um, so the writer's block will be open by then as That's well. So cool. I'm so excited. They're going to have a little coffee shop in there. We might have a little bit of poetry and coffee happening in one of those corners. Um, And the Neon Museum is also going to help us activate that space in some ways. 
and the uh, Nevada Museum of Art will also have a presence there cool. as well. So, um, yeah, we're it's definitely a place for, for Las Vegas to come out um, and have some good times. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And you guys found a lot of great partners in the community, like the Neon Museum, Nevada Humanities. I mean... I am museum. Yes, I'm often moved by the generosity of this town. They I mean, I I've told you so many times this what I did not expect moving to Vegas was how small mm. it was going to it just feels like a small town every time. The fact that I can run into people at the grocery store or when the writers block was open at the writers block or just right. certain places I'm it always I'm always like, "Oh, yeah, I guess Everyone kind of knows everyone, but the generosity and people often seem earnestly eager to participate with one another. One of the things that I still find like remarkable about being here, and it's and it's unlike anything I've ever experienced living in Austin, living in New York, where, again, those are two pretty literary towns where... Mm-hmm. There are so many people that you don't even know them, like, mm-hmm. and often there are events that are competing <coughs> against each other. And here you walk into a space, you have, a, for instance, a couple of nights ago, we had a reading with Mitch Jackson and he was in conversation with one of our interviews editors and the crowd was promptly there at seven, which again <laughs> is so weird to me, Wow! promptly there at seven. And it is the quietest room. They are just so focused and intensely listening to a conversation and you you can just feel everyone's feelings. The earnestness in this town is moving, and it's mm. unlike anything I've ever experienced. New Yorkers think they're too cool. Mm. Austinites <laughs> will arrive late because of traffic. You know, the, right. it's just all these different things. And I don't know, it's like the perfect chemistry here. It's it's That's really so cool. special to be a part of it. Yeah, yeah. That's well, awesome. We'd be punctual. Well, speaking of... <laughs> I'm not punctual, so you well, speak for yourself. Apparently, these people, everyone their else, their crowd is. does. But uh, speaking yeah. of coffee shops, what are your favorite local um, coffee shops or restaurants or bars to, uh, to oh visit? Oh my gosh, you guys are. This is where I, where you guys are going to cut this part of the interview because you're not going to like. No, it. no we've oh, had, am I we not? had an answer worse than yours. Yeah, we, we don't know a, what she's going to no, say. Yeah, you don't no, know we, what I'm going to say. We do know that. What, can a, can I first hear yeah. that answer? Del Taco. Oh yeah, that's bad. So, and to a Mexican, yeah, oh, you don't say bad. that to a Mexican. Del, Del Taco was yeah. the that's worst bad. answer we've ever received. Well, so. I might be able to top that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Alrighty, you like Topo Chico, so yeah, I, I do sorry. love Topo Chico. Yeah. So whenever I'm in Austin, or whenever I have a friend visiting Austin, or whenever a local friend from Austin offers this they send me coffee beans from Austin and I just do it at home. Okay. Oh, <laughs> so, that's so fine. It's, no, it's no fine. but it's not the Las Vegas right. coffee. No. So that's why I think my oh, answer is right. the worst. No. Um, that's better than Del Taco because Del Taco I will not say food. I've heard yeah. wonderful things about, one, um, I'm not that big of a caffeine drinker. Okay. Um, even this mint tea that's next to me is kind of a rarity. Um, <laughs> and I can make one cup of coffee last almost a week it's 
Wow. Crazy. Well, I'm probably not healthy or hygienic. <laughs> Thanks for <Yeah>. that. <laughs> now the yeah. world knows. Allison's um, not a scientist, though. No, let's but be I suspect clear. after the third day. Let's okay, well, out. I don't think I've ever made it to the third day. I've probably right. just that sounds like it my ex boss. She would do that. Uh, yeah. But um, so I can I can make coffee last a really long time. So I I don't often have coffees, but I will say, um, Publicus has a pretty nifty. A concoction they call it the canon and it's um it's iced coffee it's only something that i would ever drink in the summer uh-huh. but um it's iced coffee with a whole lime squeezed into it Ooh. and so like the the tartness of the lime brings yeah. out the sweetness huh. from the that coffee beans fantastic. it's so good it is so good um interesting but they do have that pretty nifty thing okay but i normally they also serve topo chico just oh i know but i just get mine at la bonita because (laughs) yeah i'd rather pay i was like i'd rather pay like less than four bucks well you get a whole six pack for what it costs for one right right well after the believer fest i'm gonna get a lifetime supply so i don't have to worry about yeah that's right that's right (laughs) so what about places to eat or other favorite Mm. local establishments in your almost a year now here yeah so i my partner and i are addicts when it comes to hobak which is korean barbecue over in chinatown we celebrated allison's birthday did you that's nice it's excellent i love it Mm -hmm. i took my mom there i'm quite the carnivore (laughs) i'm sorry if i'm offending any vegetarian Uh, uh, raven no she's good okay Raven, well, and they have the little Febreze outside to spray your coat. They have the well, popcorn and you while know you they wait. have the yes, they do have the popcorn mm-hmm. while you wait. They also have like the toothbrushes and oh, the mouthwash yeah, and so the great. yeah. I mean that's that's brilliant. Um, there's another there. There few. I mean, I'm I'm a, a repeat offender of tacos del gordo. Which Sorry. is, I was like, I see the judgment over here. It's <laughs> not Allison's favorite place. But Wait, but, well, I'd love a recommendation if you think there's a better taco place. Well, the, there's a lonchera right in front of it that I'd recommend you, uh, the one on Charleston. Yeah. Have you ever so tried it? My, my partner has, and I don't think he was impressed with it. He was like, mm. no. No. Hmm. So maybe he ordered wrong. What do you recommend there? Al pastor, the lengua, which is pretty good. Um, I don't know. Uh, I guess he liked Tacos El Gordo. I mean, they're Tijuana style tacos. So yeah. maybe his roots are deep in Tijuana. And he's like, this is, I mean. Yeah, that's where his yeah. roots are. That's where his Polish <laughs> roots are. I was like, are you that's a where Chinese? He's Polish. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Polish Sawinski. Um, but, well, there you um, go. <laughs> uh, but I also really like, uh, oh, it's that French restaurant in the Paris. Uh, it's Monavi Gavi. Mm-hmm. I love I love their. What do you like to order there? They have this wonderful duck confit Mm. appetizer. Uh huh. It's spectacular, which I which I adore and love. Um, Yeah, Vegas is not disappointed on the food scene. No, but I'm always looking for recommendations. Or are you looking for breakfast tacos? That's there's no breakfast tacos. I know. know. I've looked. I've looked. I have a shame. friend that wants to open one. He used to, he, they come oh, from Austin should. and they miss it and they're like, we need to set up a taco, a breakfast taco place. Can I also say, yeah, Vegas is missing something else and it's yeah. barbecue. Like, oh yeah, good oh, sure. barbecue. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, we and we've I don't, and I don't know why we keep trying, but we keep trying different barbecue places and and I'm every time I'm just like, man, 
Yeah. Well, there's only, I, I mean, I, I, that I'm aware of, there's only one place that actually calls themselves Texas style. And that's, there's just one. Way out in Henderson. CJ's, yes. I think yeah. that's, yeah, which I have a friend from the, from the Fort Worth area. He likes that one the best, but he will swear to me he's always like, this is not, and I, like, I've had Texas barbecue. I love Texas barbecue. He's like, this is not Texas barbecue. It's yeah. as close as we can get here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I hate that with barbecue. I'm a huge barbecue fan as well. And there's, yeah. some places are fine. I like Rolling Smoke. That's my favorite, but, yeah. But that's Arkansas. Well, style. yeah, Memphis Ish. style, but Memphis. it's from Arkansas. Yeah. 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 So it's not it's not Texas style. Yeah. Well, we'll work yeah. on getting you more barbecue yeah. places. There is Pollo Campero. <laughs> I'm not a Pollo Campero fan. You're not. I know it's terrible. You're the one Salvadoran I know. on the planet so that doesn't. I went. So I like Pollo Campero uh-huh. when I've had it in El Salvador. El Salvador. Okay. But I had the one here, and it I was just disappointed. And like I even called my mom, and I'm like, it's not as great as I remember it. But it's it's also been a little while. So, but yeah. I, I was I, I, I was I was disappointed. Yeah. Oh I tried my god! In, I hate that I'm bashing like all the food. Okay. No. I, no, well, I, I tried in Guatemala and in in Guate was a hundred times better than it is here. So, yeah, but I was like, uh, yeah. and their sides are different, and yeah. it's just yeah. Sometimes yeah. it's just so, good enough, right? Gosh, yeah. I hate that I'm the one Although, Salvi who doesn't like it here. That I feel like we'll that's, take that out of the no. podcast <laughs> for sure. Yeah, we won't we won't tell B. No. So we'll, we'll oh my that. god! No. I feel so bad. <laughs> so, so question you can't get wrong though. Uh-oh. The one we ask all of our guests, other than the ones we just talked about, what was the first CD that you purchased that you remember purchasing? Oh gosh, um, gosh! You say I can't get this wrong, but just watch me. Because um, <laughs> I grew up in a really, really conservative household, okay. so we were not allowed to listen to like radio watch tv it was a very very conservative household and i don't remember being able to buy my own music until i was maybe like a junior or senior in high school okay um which i think for me was like late in the game uh oh god i honestly couldn't tell you I was going to ask you cassette, but that would even set you better. But there was no such thing then. Well, the funny thing is my mom had her own cassettes that she would buy. And I remember listening to those. And, of course, she was a big Juan Gabriel fan. Um, Selena, Abba. I remember hers really well. But I just... I don't Oh, well, there remember. you go. So those, yeah, those are... That's what oh, you're does that with. count? Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I was like, my, great. My additional question, though, with being from Austin, who's your favorite Austin musician? If you mm. have one, I there's a couple artists that I love that are from Austin, so I'm just curious to to explore more. If, mm. if what it are is your not, What are your favorite artists? Uh, Shaky Graves and Gary Clark Jr. Yeah, that's yeah. I that from that Austin. sounds a lot like my 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 partner's response. Okay, okay. That, that's just, his response. Just checking. Yeah. Um. So there's a great Latin band called Grupo Fantasma, and I oh, love okay. them. They're oh, cool. they're great. Um. I think I think they still play. Um. They still play live around town, and that's always great. Um. And um. I'm a sucker for Willie Nelson. Oh, yeah. excellent! Hey, can't go wrong. Yeah. Well, that sounds awesome. like the appropriate response. That's yeah. fantastic. I don't think you. That's that's an amazing response <laughs> yeah. for sure. I mean, Willie did it before many other people did. So Very true. In many ways. Very true. Well, Sada, thank you so much for coming on with us today. Uh, we're we're very excited to have you. Oh, thank you guys for having me. Really, this was great. You guys yeah. are the best too. Oh, Everyone well, should listen you. to y'all. Oh, thank you. <laughs> 
Forget you. about those people at the state of Nevada. This is where That's you should right. be tuning into. Yes, exactly, exactly. That's right. Put well, that in your pipe and smoke it, Joe Shaneman. <laughs> yes, indeed, indeed. <laughs> well, thank you again to Sara. It was a pleasure to have you on. And as always, we were joined in the studio by our producer, Jose Sotelo. Research Yay. assistance by Ashley Pacheco. Yay. Um, creative direction right. by Berta Gutierrez, our little dog in the den of descent. Who's really taken to And she Sarah. snored a couple times. Oh, uh, she did? Was she yeah, sleeping? Yeah, Raven, not, not Sarah. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, just so we're clear. Raven yeah. is my new favorite person, because Raven's a person as far as I'm concerned. I can't wait till and she can talk. And her parents, too. Yes. And as always, my lovely co-host, co-wrangler, Jacob Murdoch. Thank you. And su servidora, Allison Yanez. Giddy um, up. Fancy. Yeah. Yeehaw. I'm fancy like that. Yeehaw. <laughs> <laughs>